This week, some camping is opening while other camping is closing. And the demand for RVs is nothing short of unbelievable. We answer a listener's question about car seats in motorhomes, talk about a new line of made-for-adventure trailers from Forest River, and we kick off our full-time RV how-to series with questions anyone interested in full-time traveling should ask themselves. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean believes the more time you spend outside together, the better. That's why they've partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your park and get there with family and friends. With more than 400 national park sites in the U.S., there are beautiful surprises to be found in every corner of the country. There's probably one closer than you think. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 144 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things outdoors from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. Boy, oh boy, is the world changing rapidly as the coronavirus restrictions begin to end. We just got back from a day-long sort of adventure, uh, a fruitless adventure. Fruitless. <laughs> we were trying to make a video, and we headed up to Sedona because we wanted a pretty background. Um, anyway, it was too windy for us to really do it, so uh, we didn't. We drove back, but it was a beautiful drive. But the thing was, it's a Monday, and and it there, looked like a Saturday. Oh, man, there were people everywhere. It was busy. Every single pull-off on the road was full of people the whole way there. It was absolutely crazy bonkers with people. And we're hearing that all across the country. National parks are opening up, and people are flocking to them. The line to get into Cades Cove oh my goodness. at Great Smoky Mountains National Park, 40 cars waiting to get in. On Saturday. So they just opened back up on Saturday. Yeah. And so everybody and their grandma was like, this is a good day to go. <laughs> yeah. And boy, did they go. <laughs> and we're hearing lots of news of that all over the place. We're hearing campgrounds are packed. We've began looking for when we leave here. We're going to stay here till June 15th. We've almost written that in stone. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we're still in Camp Verde. <laughs> but looking at places to go, some of the popular, we, we had thought maybe facetiously that this would be a great time to try to get into some of those places that are super popular. But they're all booked. I mean, they are booked. I think 2020 for us is going to be the year of the lesser known National Park Service site, if we get to any at all. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. Now, there's a lot going on. So a lot of states are opening up. A lot of restrictions are being lifted. But at the same time, the camping industry and the, the state and federal uh, jurisdictions that run campgrounds are trying to figure all this out. We've been following this, uh, it's called the Back to Camping Summit that's happening online, which is basically campground operators from all across the country getting together and talking about all the different challenges they have opening up right now. And there are a lot. I mean, the things that we don't think about that campgrounds have to deal with. Like what if, what if uh, somebody comes to their campground and it's reported that they have the coronavirus? You know, what do they do? Do they kick them out? Can they kick them out? Do they, are the, is that person required to then quarantine at that campground? And is then does that campground have to report instances to the county? And usually that's the case. There's all sorts of issues like that uh, I mean, that are happening. I would imagine too that that's a state by state yeah, sort of. Yeah, it, it absolutely it, There's is. not going to be a one right. size fits all no. that is being discussed at this summit. It's really state by state, county by county. Yeah, city and, by city. and what they did basically was give all these campgrounds sort of a toolkit for figuring out all the different steps that they need to take to deal with all these, uh, all this red tape that they got to negotiate through, and and all the different things that they're getting from customers. You know, what they 
they have their laundry closed and they get customers coming in begging for them to open and saying, will you open just this one time for me? I'll clean it if you will, you know, all that sort of stuff. And they've got, you know, they got to say no and put their foot down and all that sort of stuff. But there are a lot of challenges that come with this. Now, on top of the fact that stuff is opening, there are also instances that we're hearing of new restrictions and things closing. For instance, Wyoming state parks. Wyoming is one of the uh, largest states with the fewest people in the nation. Wyoming has been pretty, uh, not strict, but they're protective of their residents. Mm -hmm. And what they're saying right now is state park camping. This was just announced. State park camping in Wyoming is going to be only for Wyoming residents for the foreseeable future. Now, at the same time, in the state of Oregon, where there have been a lot of cases, people were able to uh, boondock in Oregon State Forest. And Oregon State Forest is quite a big chunk of land. But people have been trashing the places. And they've actually shut down boondocking entirely in all Oregon State Forests now going forward. So there are some new restrictions happening like that. And, you know, I think part of that has to do with, well, the campgrounds are opening in these uh, state forests. Not that that's an excuse for anybody to be, you know, leaving their sewage and and leaving no. garbage on campsites. But the fact that campgrounds aren't open, people are still going camping, and they don't have those facilities like trash to use. And unfortunately, some people are not nice, and that's what's happening. So, well, the theme for 2020, if you take anything from those two stories is that do not believe what you hear today is going to be what is true tomorrow when it comes to travel and how we move outside of our small community circles. We will not know what we are doing June 15th, probably until we get really, really close to June 15th. We're really looking for National Forests and Army Corps of Engineers and other federal campgrounds to open up. We like to stay in those a lot, and that's really a lot, and most of those have no reservations taken right now. They've sort of cleared the books, and we're hoping that some of those open up and there will be a lot of freedom. But people are camping like crazy. This is actually going to be a massive camping season for anybody that thought it was not going to be. Yeah, including yeah. ourselves. Yeah. If we had been betting on that, we would have lost it yeah. all. Along with that, um, there have been some news stories uh, that have been interesting uh, in the RV industry. These stocks in the RV industry, there are three major companies that trade on the stock exchange, uh, Winnebago, Thor Industries, and Camping World, um, they have all shot through the roof. Camping World beat all their expectations um, when they released their earnings report a few days ago. And look, you all might hate on Camping World, but we see you. We <laughs> see you in those dark corners of the Camping World alleys going in there and buying <laughs> your RVs. Okay. We're hearing from lots of dealers, though, that aren't Camping World that they are really selling very well right now maybe not as much as they would have maybe otherwise not 2018 but it, 2017 right. levels but, but certainly as better way, than they thought way better than they would have expected right now with you know so many people being unemployed and all that but they they are certainly selling a lot of rvs right now and all those stocks have have shot through the roof um so that's great news for the industry it's not so great news for people that are looking for campgrounds and we were just talking about this on our our wondering family monday night live on on facebook we do a live video every monday night at uh at seven central yeah at seven central and we were just talking about that that and the fact that we still need new campgrounds across this country there's a lot of investment money going into into campgrounds like people have realized that hey this is a a a boom that's happening and we want to buy and spend money on campgrounds and and make some money off all these campers but what they're doing is buying old campgrounds and fixing them up which is great Mm -hmm. but it means there's not a whole lot of new campsites getting put into systems especially when it comes to like state and federal parks and we need a lot more campgrounds in those systems so so if you've been dreaming about that and you have the means to do it there you go. Might be a good time to think about actually getting that started. So again, it's going to be a big camping season. We were we actually weren't going to do our our normal annual gear guide. Right. This yeah. Year. We were trying we to were figure out scrap it. should we do this or not at all. And 
Uh, now that it's ramping up, we're we're working on that. Well, I think what we're going to do with it is we're going to put it into an article. We're going to make the 2020 gear guide article. That's going to happen. But I think because we've already rolled out this full-time RV series and we're committed to that and we're really excited to start it this week, I think we're going to put the two together. So I think maybe every week, we've talked a little bit about this, we'll roll out one piece of gear from the gear guide and we'll talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And we'll drop it into like, you know, the beginning of the show or something. So, you know, over the next however many weeks, because, you know, we still have so much we can cover for full time and we're trying to figure out what goes, what doesn't go, what you all want to hear from us, what you don't want to hear about. So it's going to be interesting to try and put those two together. But, you know, like everything else, we're just figuring out this podcast and the content for 2020 as everything continues to shift and what's important to you all because, you know, you're the ones listening. So we want to make sure that the content we're providing you is relevant for you in this new and strange camping season that we all find ourselves in. It is going to be a different season, and people need to prepare for that. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be things that are closed. There are going to be you know, difficulties accessing things like bathrooms and all that. So there are going to be things um, that you'll need to prepare for, and we'll talk more about that as the weeks go on. And as Abby mentioned, we are beginning our full-time series, a series of blog posts, podcasts, um, and YouTube videos on going full-time. For anybody that's interested in going full-time, there are a lot of people that are thinking about it right now. And on this week's episode, we're kicking that off. So we're going to be talking in the the second third of the show about all the different questions that you might ask yourself if you're thinking about going full time. So you can sort of decide, so you can make the decision and, and find out if this is right for you because it's a big leap to make without really knowing what it's like. So we've got a, a lot to talk about on that and I'm excited to share that with you. But before we get to that, I wanted to answer a, a listener question quick, if, if I may. Holly in our Facebook group asked, are there any camper vans or motorhomes that are made with NTSB rated seating for a family of five, including one toddler car seat? Mm. NTSB is the National Transportation Safety Board. Looking for a way to put a car seat and to have kids ride in a motorhome safely with seatbelts. And that's a question that we hear a lot about from especially new full-time families, but also anybody looking to buy an RV, whether they're full-time or not. Anybody that's got a kid and has to travel. I answered Holly on the, in the Facebook group, but I wanted to answer it here because I thought it's, it's good information for people to hear. Uh, the NTSB does not certify motorhomes. There are motorhomes that have the latch system installed where you can, you know, put a car seat in and use that latch system. And there are motorhomes that have three-point seat belts in, in the rear, in the dinette area, generally. Obviously, you always want a forward-facing seat for a car seat. Um, so you're always going to need a dinette that's got a forward-facing seat anyway. And there are some manufacturers that say, oh, we've attached our latch system to metal, um, and it's real solid. But there, there's no nobody rating that. Uh, whatsoever. Your best bet for finding those is Winnebago, I think. I think Winnebago really does kind of the best with sort of family motorhomes, and they have uh, quite a few that have three-point seat belts and have the latch system put in. Now, there are some camper vans out there, Class Bs, um, that have kept the second row of seating, or at least part of the second row of seating, and have actual automotive seating in it with the regular automotive uh, seatbelt that was already built in by the manufacturer. And I know that's going to make a lot of people feel safer. And that is rated by the NTSB. The problem is a family of five camping in a class B, they're going to have problems with, with sleeping positions and, and, uh, and, It'll be close <laughs> and a lot of room to just <laughs> hang out. But there are class B's that, you know, sometimes grandma and grandpa will get a class B that has seatbelt positions for the grandkids if they come along on a weekend camping trip. And that, and that exists, and, and you can get that. But uh, in general, I, I think I, I do want to say, though, that motorhomes um, motor are fairly safe. Uh, people get a little bit skittish about them, that there's stuff in them that can fly around and that they sort of disintegrate into a cra in a crash. And there are statistics out there. We do have some crash st statistics out there. The number of deaths per mile driven in motorhomes is one-third of all the other cars on the road. 
Um, so people generally come out of a, a wreck in a motorhome safer just by the sheer fact that it's a giant vehicle. And I think that's why the NTSB doesn't really pay much attention to them. Um, but if you are really concerned, the, the clear solution is get a truck and pull a trailer. You know, we are a family of five. We did have a motorhome. It was our, our bus conversion mm -hmm. that, you know, honestly, that was something that was concerning to us. And we we know school buses are super safe. The whole thing is made out of steel. And I was able to attach the seatbelts right to the rails that the, uh, the, the, the school bus seats were yeah. attached to and really make sure that I was doing that correctly to make us feel comfortable about Absolutely. that. But now we yeah. have a truck and we've got a, a back seat that's got three point harnesses in it and we feel totally safe with our kids. And, and that might be the best solution for anybody with a, a family of five for sure. Yeah, we like only taking care of one engine. It, we absolutely, absolutely do. do. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to get into our questions for new full-time RVers. We will be right back. Now is the perfect time to dream about travel and plan that epic future road trip. And Road Trippers Plus is the perfect way to plan your route and find great stops along the way. A Road Trippers Plus subscription allows you to add up to 150 stops ad-free, which means you can build the adventure of a lifetime. A Road Trippers Plus subscription is normally $29.99. However, RV Miles listeners can save 20% off with coupon code RVMILES2X. This is a new coupon code, everybody. So you need to use RVMILES2X. That's all one word. RV Miles can be uppercase or lowercase. You will save 20% off Road Trippers Plus. You can find the link and the coupon code in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 144. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Very short one here. A, a, a short brief, brief one. That's what we like. What flies when it's on but floats coming off? And the answer was a feather. There so you have it. We'll have a new brain teaser at the end of the show. Okay, so we are kicking off our full-time RV series. If you are curious about going full-time, if you're full-time and you just need a reminder of why you're doing this or reevaluating why you're doing this. Or maybe you just started out and you're still trying to figure things out. Or maybe you just don't know where the pause button is, so you're just going to keep listening through this section of the show. Either way, we are thrilled to finally be doing this. We have been on the road for almost four years. And you know what? I'm not even going to say any more because we're going to get into it in the audio that we're about to play. Yeah, so we recorded this a little bit earlier, and this will also be a separate video on YouTube, so you can always come back to this. We're trying to put all this information, all these different uh, topics we're gonna cover about full-timing are gonna be in their sort of own little chunks. You can look at them on a video, you can read a blog post, so you don't have to go to a podcast necessarily to find the, the minute that we talk about them, you can, you'll be able to pull them up whenever. So yeah, so rvmiles.com is really going to be sort of the hub for all of this. And we're working on this this week. So throughout the week, we're going to be sharing across social media articles that pertain to going full time. We're going to be sharing videos that we have made, you know, we're lining up guests that are going to be able to speak to different facets of the lifestyle. But rvmiles.com is going to have its own dedicated section on on the website and it's going to include all of the things that we've been doing articles videos podcasts everything that's going to go into full-time you're going to have a one-stop shop right there at rvmiles.com so these are going to roll out over time over the next several weeks so if you're looking right now after this is released there are only going to be a couple things on yeah, there don't add us because we're <laughs> creating them on a week by As week we basis i think jason has a list of like 30 topics at this point and it's growing and it's growing. And we're trying to figure out how we don't do this for 30 
weeks. Right, right. <laughs> With, so uh, we're not going to be able to cover everything on the podcast. No, so. <laughs> we're not because we recognize that not everyone who listens to the podcast is yeah. a full-timer or considering full-time. So, you know, it's a fine balance and we want to make sure that everyone is represented in this RV community here. But you know what? A lot of this information isn't going to just be for full-timers too. A lot of it no. is for anybody that wants to just extend their travels. That wants to have the ability to go for a couple months a at a time. A sabbatical. You yeah. want to take just a sabbatical from your house because you're like <laughs> over it. Just go on a long road trip. So anyway, without further ado, here is some questions that you can ask yourself about whether or not full-time RVing is right for you. So we're not going to tell you if you should become a full-time RVer. Only you can make that decision. We just want to give you a few things to think about to decide if full-time RVing is right for you. And boy, do I wish we had thought about a few of these things before we became full-time RVers. So these are just questions that you can ask yourself to help you make the decision as to whether it's right for you or not. So question number one, are you comfortable with downsizing your life? When you go full time, you are most likely condensing the amount of stuff you own and the amount of stuff you have on hand. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to sell everything like we did, but that's what a lot of people do. Now you could get a storage unit for the things you can't let go of, or you could get your mom and dad's basement for the things you can't let go of, but you are gonna have to downsize. Full-time RVing isn't the only way to downsize. So if you're looking to downsize your life, you could think about doing a, a tiny home or a small apartment or all sorts of different things, getting a roommate, or you could think about doing those <laughs> things before you go full-timing as an intermediary step if, if you want to. So we came from living in an apartment, uh, which meant we had not as much stuff as a lot of people, but a lot more stuff than we thought we had. Yeah, so we had a three bedroom, one bath condo in Chicago. We also, before we went RVing, had accumulated three children. So children accumulate stuff. So we had all of our stuff that was ours, our kids, our lives. You know, obviously we're not gonna take things like your furniture. You're not bringing your couch. So we sold almost everything we owned, we only kept a five by five storage locker for really sentimental things like my wedding dress and maybe some of the kids first type things, uh, books we didn't want to let go of, some paintings, stuff like that. But now we've gotten rid of that. Um, we've downsized the stuff that was in <laughs> yep. the downsizing storage unit quite a bit. And the really super sentimental things are the only things that we really have left. And those are with family members now. They are. So that's the first thing to ask yourself. Am I comfortable with downsizing my life, downsizing the amount of things I own? It is a much bigger process than we thought it would be when we started out. There's a lot of challenges involved in just getting rid of your stuff. Because guess what? <laughs> not everybody wants it and you're not going to be able to sell it all. All right. Question number two. Are you someone that needs familiarity and day-to-day -day routines that do not change? Now, you can have routine on the road, certainly. Absolutely. It is much harder. It's, we know, we've known people that, have, that set their life up so that they move once every week. They grocery shop on the same day every week. They do the same things every day of that week. That's a challenge if you do want to travel a lot because you're changing time zones. You're traveling some days, you're not others. You're in new locations you want to explore. Some of those exploration opportunities are on different days of the week and different times of the day. It can be really challenging to keep a daily schedule. We don't at all anymore. No, we tried. <laughs> but we don't. My biggest point with this question was, if you're someone who likes to know your local grocery store, likes to know your local coffee shop, likes to be able to walk to your local park, or likes to drive the same route to work, things like that where you feel more comfortable knowing your surroundings, knowing your neighbors, having that particular sense of person-to-person -person community where you are interacting with kind of the same people every day. If that's really important to your mental and physical health, 
then you might want to think really hard about full-time RVing. That's not to say you can't find a community on the road. That's not to say you won't get to know the local coffee shops or grocery stores if you sit down in one place for a period of time, but your view is always going to change. That's very, very exciting. But for some people that can be very, very stress inducing. So just kind of know the kind of homebody person you are and then see if that will translate into full-time RVing. If you need to work, do you have a job that will travel with you? Boy, this is, this is the million dollar question. This is it? obviously the first thing that lots of people ask us when they're trying to figure out if they can do this, if they can go full-time. Now, obviously, if you're retiring, more hey. power to you. There you go. And during this time in America, lots of... Uh, the world, really. <laughs> lots of businesses are allowing more and more people to work from home and work over the internet. So that's becoming more and more possible for people that work a normal day job. If you run your own business, is that something that... Uh, you can take on the road or is it something you need to be near local clients? Maybe it's something that you can expand your business on the road. Maybe you can find new clients that way. There are all sorts of opportunities for working in campgrounds, working as uh, traveling maintenance people, as pipeline workers, all sorts Medical of different workers. jobs. Yeah. And so, you know, we built our business on the road. We started a business before we left Chicago and we built that business as we traveled. Was that the smartest thing to be starting a new business as you're trying to learn the full-time RVing life? Who knows? I mean, we did it and there's no going back now, but it did come with challenges, challenges we welcome and challenges we're grateful for. But, you know, if we had had the jobs we had in Chicago before we started talking about this, there's no way we would have been traveling. Jason was a teacher, I was working in theater. Those are not jobs that necessarily travel out onto full-time RVing. If you do have a job that's going to allow you to go out onto the road, you need to think about, you know, what do I need in order to make that job successful while I'm on the road? Do I need a dedicated working space? Do I need constant Wi-Fi access? Obviously, if you need to make money in order to sustain this lifestyle, because it's not as cheap as you think it is, then you need to ask yourself that question. It's definitely something to figure out before you pull the trigger. Yeah, please don't be like us <laughs> and figure it out once you get we, on the road. We have one foot in the door, we, so we yeah, were okay. Yeah, we were 50% there and 50% not there. Well, I do want to dispel the myth that there are lots of people out there doing this, making money as YouTubers and bloggers, and that's their whole life, no. and that pays for everything. No. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> I guarantee you, even the very and we're like we're not like top YouTubers, we're but like the people here. that make uh, a decent <laughs> amount of money on YouTube still are not making. A, maybe there's like two RV channels that are making enough money to pay for their lifestyle, and even them, Look. even those people, they do a lot more than just YouTube. Yeah, everybody's hustling, and Google Ads knows it, okay? <laughs> and Google Ads is running the YouTube, and they're running the ads on your blog. So just be aware that that is not going to be your only source of income. Are you doing this because you want to save money? You can save money. Mm -hmm. It Absolutely. highly, highly depends on what your life was before going full-time. Are you debt-free? <laughs> Are you taking debt? How big of a rig do you want? Are you going to be purchasing a new truck? Can you repurpose what you have at your house? We started out on the road in a school bus that we converted on our own for about nine months. And we fully paid for that. Now, we brought it debt. Co it cost a lot of money, too. It I did. mean, a lot of people get into that thinking we can do this cheaply. We did. And we ended up spending $30,000 on it. Yes. And so we did that for three years before we transferred here now to the truck trailer that we are currently in. That was a fantastic experience. We were a little naive in thinking that it was going to save us money because like any home renovation, like and like Jason just mentioned, things started to balloon and things started to get out of control a little bit. And so... Those are things to think about. You also have to consider, you know, what kind of camper do you want to be? Boondocker, private camping, federal camping, state camping. You do have to think about the cost. It's not free. Like now, you don't just get in your RV and then just, you know, 
park it anywhere and live there. Like, you gotta pay. And the type of campground that you're interested in staying in plays a big role into that. Are you mm -hmm. comfortable with the campgrounds that are only $25, $30 a night, which is still not super cheap? No, it's or not super cheap at do all. do you have to be in the 60, 70, 80 or higher RV resorts? And are you, what are you gonna owe on your rig? A lot of people that are saving money doing this are the people that built up a lot of equity in their home and they sold their home and used that equity to pay for their motorhome or their RV entirely. Yeah, there are a ton of people who, uh, for lack of a better word, did it right, okay? And they were able to get out on the road and they've got a surplus or they've got, you know, a job that's coming with them. You know, another thing you have to think about is if you end up taking loans out for your RV or your truck, those are payments you have to make. Now, certainly we are paying a lot less for campgrounds every month than we were paying when we lived in our condo in Chicago. Absolutely, we're paying less. However, we've pulled in some other debt in the form that we have this trailer now. So the, there's these balances and I won't say we're spending exactly what we were spending when we were in Chicago, not possible but we are spending money. And you can certainly and live cheaper on land. We could have found yeah, a house out in the absolutely. boonies that was small and affordable and cheap if we wanted to. And so if your goal is to save money, then you need to investigate all the different ways this lifestyle can help you do that. And, and don't just look at it as like, oh, I'm gonna be constantly moving every week from one place to one place to another. Because guess what? We get nine miles to the gallon on the truck when we're pulling this thing, nine miles. Is everyone on board in your family with going full-time now this is a partner your kids if you go into this and you're pushing everyone to go and do this with you <laughs> I see lots of posts on in Facebook groups about people that want to go full-time but their spouse doesn't and they're asking for suggestions of how to talk their spouse into it yeah and my answer is always you don't I mean, no. if, that's, if that person doesn't want to do it, this is a big lifestyle change that you can't force on somebody. Now, you guys can buy an RV and you can go explore and you can spend more time in an RV and maybe it might be an idea that they come around to, but you're never going to be able to force someone to do that. And we include that, our kids in that. Like, Absolutely. Our, our kids were a big part of this decision. Very big. And he was there before I was there. And so... Not necessarily did he have to change my mind because always buried deep down inside was this desire to do it. It was getting past the hurdles that kept me from feeling like I could. Now, you might have a partner that feels that way and you need to let them get there in their own time. But you also need to recognize that this may not be something that works for your whole family. Our family stays on the road as long as we are all a hundred percent in agreement that goes for your pets too if you have a dog that is mangy and mean <laughs> to everybody but you and loves you and it's the sweetest thing to you might not be a campground dog you it know there are there, there are, are a lot of dogs at campgrounds so <laughs> there, if you have a dog yes. that's really triggered by other dogs this might not be the lifestyle for you mm -hmm. if you have a dog that is getting older in years and needs a lot of care this might not be the lifestyle for you. We can't speak a whole lot about having pets on the road. In fact, we can't speak about it at all because we've never had pets, but we do hope to have some people join us for this full-time RV series who can talk a little bit more Absolutely. about that. So really get everybody on board before you start making any decisions about whether or not you're gonna start selling everything you own and buying a rig. So now let's get into a question which I certainly cannot say I'm comfortable with, but I brought somebody along who is. And that is, are you comfortable with maintenance and repairs? Because you are gonna be doing them. You live in a house on wheels, it's a rolling earthquake. You will Things have are gonna happen. All the same issues that you have in a house and more. Even if you have all the money in the world and are willing to take it to be serviced and have mobile repair techs come anytime there's a tiny problem it's hard to get in for service it's hard to wait for your rig for service it's hard to get a mobile tech sometimes right now we're it we're in the hot season here in arizona and the mobile techs are all running around dealing with air conditioners and we had neighbors here that had a problem with their gray tank and they could not get somebody 
here to do it. So they had to leave. There are things that you will have to deal with. There are challenges like that. Even if you buy a million dollar motor home and again, have all the money in the world for repairs, you're gonna have to do some of that stuff yourself. You're gonna have to hook your trailer to your truck yourself. Yeah. You're gonna have to, you know. You're gonna have to hook up that black tank. You're gonna have to maintenance your slides and all that sort of stuff. It is, it is work that you have to be comfortable with doing. And speaking of work you have to do, if you have kids, are you comfortable with road schooling, homeschooling, unschooling, schooling on the road, whatever you want to call it? Are you comfortable with that? Can you take that with you? Do you think that that's something you and your kids will jive together doing? Those are big questions. We had kind of tested those waters before we got on the road because we were homeschooling already in Chicago. So we kind of had a little bit of an idea of what it was going to be like. But boy, even homeschooling and having your homeschool community in your neighborhood, in your city, in your town, and then taking all of that and pulling all that out and then just putting yourselves into a little RV and traveling off, that was a real huge period of adjustment. And we will put into the description a couple articles that we have written about what it was like to go out on the road and road school with our boys. We find it very fulfilling because we learn new things alongside them every single day and we really do use the road to influence our education. But you need to know what kind of learner your child is and what kind of educator you are and then how you can make that work once you get out on the road. And we don't recommend that anybody just jump in an RV and hit the road without doing some homeschooling first. Try it at home first before hitting the road. Pull your kids out of school before you buy the RV for your full-time lifestyle. And, you need that transition time. Yeah. And also please make sure that you are very familiar with your state's homeschool laws as well. And speaking about the health and well-being of everybody on the road, educational well-being, well, let's talk a little bit about the health well-being. If you have a health condition or if someone in your family has a health condition or something that needs to keep them close to their medical provider, then you may not be ready for life on the road. If you have someone in your family that needs to see someone on a regular basis, you might find traveling really, really stressful or perhaps you find it cathartic to get away during those times when you don't. There are all kinds of different ways to travel. You can full-time all in one state if you want to. Now, some of the difficulties involve weather, but if you're from, you know, Northern Illinois like us, it's going to be a challenge for you to spend the whole year there. So being around doctors and being able to go back to them would be a challenge for us. So we, you know, all, we have a family of five. We all have to visit doctors and dentists and we do that from time to time when we're back visiting that area. But if we had to do it more than we do, it would be a challenge. Emergency care on the road can certainly happen. I've had a we lot of experience very with that. familiar with that. Health care on the road can be very challenging and it can be very surprising. So that is just something you need to be very, very aware of. And certainly when we speak to some of the challenges that we wish we had known about or thought of before we got on the road, that is probably the biggest one. What is it about the RV life you find so attractive? This is kind of a... This is like a deep thought. It's an ethereal question that there's probably no specific answer yeah. to. But are you just looking at it as a grass is greener situation? Is your life difficult now and you just want to change? Or Did is you there... see a pretty picture on Instagram and yeah. you think that that's what RV life looks like? Or... Do you just really, really, really enjoy camping and this is just something you want to do? We can't answer that question for you. We can answer it for ourselves. We knew what we found individually and as a family so attractive about this lifestyle. So that's really just one of those questions we're going to throw out there. Yeah. And then you're going to discuss. I, I do want to say, like though, the, Linda the, the, the Instagram version of this life is both simultaneously True, true and not true not true and and i see people saying you know having both arguments about it is that they never see anybody up on the roof of their rv doing yoga 
and or that that or they have an Instagram account that looks like life is like that every day. I will say I have seen people up on their roof doing mm -hmm. yoga, and there are some beautiful locations that you can spend months in, and it's gorgeous. But there there are just as many challenges. There are neighbors. Even if you feel like you're always going to be out in the middle of nowhere, there are going to be times when you're going to have to deal with people, and this is not. A way to really get away from people no, entirely. And what you might see here looks so beautiful, right? We like definitely so cleaned clean. before making this video. You have no idea what's back there. Like, I just shoved it all back there, okay? I, I left the dirty on the other side of this camera because that that's real life. We're in a small space with five people. It gets messy. So you do have to ask yourself that question. Then you need to follow it up with this question. What is it about your current situation that you're unhappy with? Again, you just go and take that, live with it, answer it. But the idea is maybe this isn't a solution for it. Yes. Maybe it is. But Only make sure you know. that if that's the reason you're doing this, that it really is going to be a solution to whatever that yeah. problem is. Yeah. So those are our top questions for you to ponder while you're deciding whether you want to go full-time or not and whether your family wants to go full-time or not. And then over the next several weeks, we're gonna get into all the nitty gritty, all the different details. How do you get mail on the road? All those questions that people ask us all the time, we're gonna try to answer for you. RV Miles is sponsored by the Highway Weather app. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention that all of that's included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. All right, it's time to check the levels of our tanks. <laughs> Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank is full because I am black tanking the COVID-10. You may have heard of the freshman 10. That's the 10 pounds we all gain our freshman year in college <laughs> over the eight months we're I all I thought in it was school. the freshman 15. Uh, I always heard it as the freshman 10. <laughs> For it, many, it was the 15. Maybe it was the 15. <laughs> it's quite possible it's the freshman 15, and it's quite possible we could bump this I up mean, to the I mean, there's two Fs. There's alliteration there. It makes That's sense, fine. right? Maybe maybe I, we were just trying to make ourselves feel <laughs> better <you> as freshmen. <laughs> so, But we could go ahead and bump this up to the COVID-15 because I'm pretty sure I'm almost there. So if you haven't heard, the COVID-10 or the COVID-15, however you'd like to say it, is the amount of weight we're all gaining as we hang out at home, baking all yeah. the things <laughs> and doing none of the things. So I noticed the other day that for whatever reason, I don't think we've been over overabundantly consuming. We have been drinking yeah, a, so, little but a little bit, bit more alcohol than we normally more. have. And yeah, the, the and alcohol calories are sneaky calories. They're real <laughs> sneaky calories. So I noticed the other day that like, just I could tell that I, I've retained some water. <laughs> okay, my rings are feeling a little tight. Like my cheeks are looking a little bit more plump than they normally do. Uh, so I am black tanking what I call the COVID. 10, which I has been the last eight weeks of eating and drinking. I think I've lost weight. I haven't been able to weigh myself, so, I have, so I have no idea, but I think I've lost weight. That's so typical. <laughs> you're losing it, and you're handing it to me, and yet here I am sweating through yoga yesterday, busting my butt, walking around half an hour every night, and then I'm like, oh, well, I worked out. That's good. I can eat these brownies with those Reese's peanut butter cups in them. Okay, thank you. Take two. All right. All what, right. What's in your What's in your fresh tank? Oh, week? speaking of food, see, this is like a double-edged sword here. So there is a wonderful show on Netflix right now that I am recommending to everybody. It is called Nadia's 
Time to Eat. It's a Netflix original series, and it stars Nadia, who was the season six winner of The Great British Baking Show. She's phenomenal. She's, I think, if you watch The Great British Baking Show on Netflix, it's the first season that they have available for you to watch. Now, why I'm putting this here and why I'm recommending it to you is because what she is doing is she's creating recipes that are time savers with shortcuts that can be made from things in your pantry. They are perfect meals for RVers. Absolutely perfect. Every single episode of hers, I have been able to find something that I can say that translates perfect I don't know. to RV life. I don't know. You were watching the other day, and she was straining SpaghettiOs out to get the noodles. But then, she, but then so she, no, listen, this is what she did. She, it, so she went back and used that sauce. As part of the recipe, she set it aside uh, and then she used it again. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the? Look, <laughs> I love spaghettios. Spaghetti Don't get except for the ones with tomato and cheese sauce, which is weird. Like they all seem to have this tomato and cheese sauce now, when it used to be just tomato sauce, and the cheese does not taste like cheese. You have talked about this so it's many strange. times. I just, if anyone is listening from the spaghettios factory. Jason cannot handle anymore the fact that you guys are putting cheese. I don't. In want, well, I don't even know why. He can't. So listen, this is. It's a great, great, great series. I think there are either seven or eight episodes. They're about 25 minutes a piece. She's making real food that's going to, if you're feeling in a rut and you're at home or you're in the RV or you just don't want to do a recipe that's like 30 ingredients, like you just want to cook and you want it to be quick, you should absolutely watch this. And also, she's just a delight. I mean, she has such she incredible really presence. Yeah. But she makes this pancake peanut butter and jelly pancake and they call them tray bakes it's essentially a casserole that is so high on my to to make list like we're having it tomorrow it's you keep saying that well it's so hot i have to have the oven <laughs> yeah that's the i'm problem. waiting for it to cool down so anyway that's my fresh tank jay what is your black tank? Okay, I, I've got two things. My my both of my tanks are very full Ew, this week. Gross. Just so you know, you need to dump. Uh, I got two. <laughs> I got well, the fresh tank is more full <laughs> than the black tank, right? Okay, 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 okay. So this website called RVing, RVing, RVing Network dot com uh, sent out a call on LinkedIn that they're looking for people to become. RV ambassadors and you become one of their ambassadors and share your expertise if you've been doing this a while with people uh, with other people out on the road that need some you know that might need a, a, a bit of a mentor and to help help people figure out how to do this sort of stuff this RVing thing that we all do right so which I thought was great so I was looking into it and trying to see what what they're up to and uh, and they they're really putting a, a strong pitch on for for people to become these ambassadors and you can make money off them for, for other people that, uh, that sign up for some of their various offerings as an ambassador, you make a percentage of it, whatever. Which is all fine and good. <laughs> it's all fine that and is, good. That is such a common thing, maybe a little too common because we've gotten away from just exchange of goods business now. Right. Now it's like, you sell my product, I'll give you a cut of what you sell. You know, well, okay. You have to pay them yeah, to be a amazing. part of this program. That's that's they really... want money from you yeah. to be their ambassador. And then if you pay them money, they, it's like ninety four dollars or it's something. It's ninety seven. Like ninety seven dollars. You pay them ninety seven dollars and you have their little training kit, you become an ambassador, and then you can earn ten dollars for each work camper diamond member and fifteen dollars for each platinum member and twenty five percent of the ad cost and $164 for each attendee you sign up for the live week one basic RV maintenance course. Basically, what you're saying is is you have to pay in order to work for them. Yes. And, you know, so there on you top go. of there's that, and then there's on top of that, the number of people that are looking for uh, to charge you a decent amount of money to get all this information, to learn about RVing. There's, there's absolutely no, I mean, you know, you we guys know us. For free. We don't charge anybody anything for this. The only thing we ask is that you listen to a couple ads from our sponsors. And we're not, we're by far not the only resource that has that type of information. There are plenty of YouTube channels, yep. plenty of blog channels. Yep. Do not pay 
for information on RVing. Now, there are some great things out there, like you can pay to be uh, to take an RV maintenance course that is really thorough and lasts a couple weeks. Like there are some real quality things like that out there, but there are a lot of people out there that are just looking to take a buck from you and build a business out of just building a website. And uh, please, please be careful because this is definitely not the only channel out there that is looking to to get cash for basically nothing when in doubt ask the community absolutely when in doubt come to the rv miles facebook group or any other facebook group that you are a part of and you feel comfortable asking a question like that and ask other people and get an opinion okay it's sort of like, do I send some money to that prince in that faraway country because he lost everything via email? Probably not. We actually just pulled out of a seminar that we were scheduled to be a part of because it seemed really scammy. And um, it's just something we all have to be careful of. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, absolutely. And so just, just if it doesn't feel good in your gut, don't do it. All right, my other black tank. Oh, man. My, the other thing Boy, in my just, black tank. You grumpy this week. All right. No, this was this. This, this is. You are grumpy my, this week. This, uh, my other black tank is the tinted windows on your RV. Oh, this is the story. Yes. Okay. Now. I, this is fantastic. Now, I'm certainly happy that I have tinted windows on my RV and don't want to change them. But I, I had a little incident the other Wait, night. Wait, can I tell the story? Right? Can I tell the story? Can I tell it? I just I feel like if it's you would so much like better. to tell it, I just feel like it, it might be better if it comes from me because I think you're gonna try to uh, not sell it the way it should be. Okay, so, okay, go, go ahead. So Jason goes to take a shower the other night. Okay, it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock. He has come home from um, purchasing all. <laughs> you the all things. see where this is going. Okay, right? <laughs> so in our rig, when. Uh, across from our dinette, which is where we're filming today for the YouTube channel. So if you wanna go and you wanna watch this part of the podcast, you can kind of get an idea. Right over here is the door to our bathroom. It's right across from our dinette. So I have created this zen-like atmosphere because Jason was gone to the grocery store and it was the kids and I, and for whatever reason, when it's just me and the kids, things get real zen at night. So he comes home, I've got the door open, the lights are low, the kids are in their room, and I have the shades up of the window behind now, me. Now this shade is like, normally down. It's yeah, almost it's always like down. All the way up as I'm about to do right now. So it's up like this, and this is the view behind it. We've got a new class A that rolled in, we've got some travel trailers. So the light above us is on. <laughs> Jason goes to get into the bathroom and he's about to get into the shower and he um, opens the shower and he sees that I had a few things in there. Like I had just like our laundry basket. We or store stuff in our shower often. And right. then when we take a shower, we right. pull it out. And I, so, some of it was out and some of it was in. So I thought it was all out. Yeah. So he's like, oh, my God, there's like stuff in here. And so I, I was already completely naked in the yeah. bathroom when I opened the shower <laughs> curtain I love to realize that there was stuff in there. I love that you're telling the story to like tens of thousands of people right now so so anyway i'm over to the left of the couch i'm on the couch i'm watching tv i've got one of the kids with me i've got two kids actually and then to the other side of our dinette is the door to the boys room which is right next to the bathroom door well that door is closed too because they're in there and they're watching something as well so he thinks that he's kind of um, enclosed because if he opens the bathroom door out, it opens out to the living room area. We can't see him. The boy's bedroom door is closed and he can toss the things that are in the tub out onto the dinette. So he gets the first like little load. I think it was like some toilet paper or something. He tosses it out. He goes to get the other thing. He goes and comes, he tosses it out. And then he's like, oh my God, the window's open. And so I could see so our neighbors right next to us here. I could see their fire pit going. So not only not only could I see out the window, I could see a fire pit that people were clearly sitting so, around. So it and our lights were on inside. So, that so when, everyone can see in because this is the thing, at least about our RV, is that at night, if we have the blinds up and a light on in the RV, yeah, you can see. It's pretty much any RV. Yeah, you can yeah. see clear as day in here. Like, it looks like it's daylight inside and nighttime outside, which is what it was. So he is standing there. He's standing there. He's I'm like, like, yelling at her to close the blinds. She would not close I the blinds because left. she thought that would draw attention to it. I'm like, Are you crazy? Oh, yeah. Close the so blinds. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. <laughs> 
so hard. I can't stop laughing because my husband is essentially, he's still standing there with the door partially open because he's laughing. So he's still showing the entire I was holding, I, I had like, the door closed I enough mean, at that point. And he, but I still had stuff to get out. He did. And he's like, will you close the blinds? And I was like, I can't close the blinds because now it makes it obvious that we know that they know that we know that they know. <laughs> Right? Like, do, what do you want me to do? Go close them and just be like, hi, everybody. Don't Sorry. Don't us. So we think that at least three rigs could have had a real good no. view of yeah, but Jason the, But these people were definitely outside. But we so. do know for a fact <laughs> that at least one group of people were outside. So I was saying to him, I said, now, if at any time going forward, we go outside and our neighbors in and around this area walk past us and they don't make eye contact, that's because they've now, seen the, all of you. <laughs> These people told me they're le they're here for a week, so I'm counting down the days before I go to oh, that no, side no. of the rig again. <laughs> amazing. It was amazing. And uh, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't close the blinds. So that was your actual fresh tank that you're trying to pretend like no, was No, that a black was tank. definitely a black tank. Uh, but so, look, nobody's fault but my own. I'm the black know. tank for if that you, one. If you find yourself camping near the Epperson's, you just never know what you're going to get. It was a free show and didn't have to pay for it. Oh. All right, Jay. It's, it's Maybe like, I it's, should pay. It's like Skinamax off in here. Oh. All right, Jay. What is on your fresh tank? Uh, I, I got I got a whole bunch in my fresh tank, too. Okay. Fresh well, we don't have all I'm gonna, the I'm gonna whip the I'm going to whip through these okay. real quick. Um, Forest River has a new brand of trailers out called the Ibex. It's named after the animal, the Ibex. And these are cool because they're sort of rugged, uh, sort of adventure trailers. They look pretty much like a normal uh, RV trailer, but they're seven foot wide instead of eight foot. Most trailers are eight foot wide. They weigh under 5,000 pounds for the most part. A few are eight foot wide and, and under 7,000 pounds. But the idea is that they can be towed by SUVs or lighter trucks. So if you have sort of an adventure truck, if you... Or your Splash. Yeah, if not, oh my gosh, not my Ford Ranger Splash. My, I used to have a Ford Ranger your Splash. Your Splash could tow That it. was not towing anything. But you could you could tow these with something that's you know more rugged and trail ready. They all feature a solar system built in. Not a lot of rigs come with a solar panel with the controller and a thousand watt inverter. They've got a cold weather package from the factory, heated and enclosed underbelly tank pad heaters, enclosed termination system for your. Uh, for your hoses and stuff, that's all enclosed. They've got a roof, a PVC roof with a 15-year warranty, all-terrain tires, and increased ground clearance. So they're oh, and they've got a central vacuum system, which is a weird, really weird add-on for a for a sort of rugged adventure trailer. But they've got a central vacu vacuum system. So I thought these were, were were pretty cool. They've got a Rhino rack on them, a panoramic front window, stainless steel countertops. It's it's a it's sort of a neat adventure trailer. What is so funny? I can't look at you. Why? <laughs> Are you still laughing about the window thing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't. Oh, this is my life now. I'm sorry. You're talking and all I'm hearing in my head is, oh my God, the window's open. <laughs> like, that's all I can hear. I need to move to Australia. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Alexander. <sighs> what is your other fresh? Okay. Uh, Grand Design is partnering with Harvest Hosts, Our Village, and FMCA. Hey, now. So new Grand Design owners are going to be getting Harvest Host memberships and FMCA memberships, and they're going to be creating a social network on Our Village. If wow. you're not, Our Village, if you're not familiar, is like the Facebook for RVers. They're going to create a Grand Design uh, social network on Our Village. Oh, so I thought it was cool. Is that all you have? Are you done? Did you just like imply that you're going to have a, a, an overflowing can, fresh tank yes, and then you just I, have like two I, things on there? Can I say it again? No, no, no. We're going to leave it just as it is. <laughs> just as it is. I thought I had a third thing. I guess well, I had two don't. things. Okay. There's two things. You have a brain teaser. There you go. All right. And we're talking over each other, which is like <laughs> podcast no-no. All right. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser uh, so I can get out of that. So, craziness of my fresh tank. Yes, because our blinds are open and it's getting dark outside. <laughs> Shut up. So, you know. All right. Which tree comes next? 
and I'm going to give you a list of trees. And you're okay. going to tell me which one is the next one in the list. Okay. Okay. So the, here's the list. Oak, gum, maple, pine, palm, fir, cedar, holly, plum. Right? Those are all trees. Perfect. Which one comes next? And your choices are willow, beech, juniper, tulip, elm, or sourwood. Mm. I'll, give, I'll give you the list and the choices again. The oh. list is... Oak, gum, maple, pine, palm, fir, cedar, holly, plum. And the choices are for the next one. Willow, beech, juniper, tulip, elm, or sourwood. If you think you know the answer, you'll find out next week on the RV Miles podcast. Yes, you will. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today, for being a part of the RV Miles first annual full-time RVers series. If you have- Annual? <laughs> Dear God, you're going to kill me. <laughs> Just giving you something to look forward to. If you have any questions or suggestions for us, you can find us at editor at rvmiles.com or we are all across social media. RV Miles is at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter only every other day. If you have, <laughs> if you want to chat with other RVers, please come join us over at the RV Miles Facebook group. We also want to remind you that Sea America and America's National Parks are still going strong, and those podcasts are available where you're listening to RV Miles. Until next week, everyone, keep logging those RV Miles and have a very, very great week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>